Hi, it's Niall from the Football Social Daily team. This week's episode of The Dugout was recorded before we learned the news of the sad death of Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II. With that in mind, we've taken the decision to remove some segments of this week's podcast. Usually on The Dugout, we'll talk about the weekend's Premier League fixtures, but in the light of the fact that they've been postponed to honour the memory of Her Majesty, we've taken the decision to remove those sections of the podcast from this week's episode of The Dugout. I hope you understand and I hope you enjoy the show. The Dugout Premier League Preview Football Social Daily This is The Dugout, the Premier League podcast featuring former top flight professionals. Last week, Scott Parker was top of our agenda as the first manager to be relieved of his duties this season. This week, unbelievably, it's Thomas Tuchel who's been sacked as Chelsea manager as the club decide to make a change. But why? This is a manager who's won them the Champions League, the Club World Cup, and he's got them to three domestic cup finals. Brutal from Bowley, the new Chelsea owner, as that new regime looked to pluck Potter from Brighton to take over the reins at Stamford Bridge. Jurgen Klopp is also a world-class coach, but his team looked miles off of it midweek. So what's the issue at Anfield and how do Liverpool turn it around? We'll try and get to the bottom of another week's worth of Premier League action on today's show. My name's Niall, thanks for joining us. And alongside me today, it's a debut on the dugout for former Leicester and Burnley midfielder Steve Thompson. Good to see you, Steve. Good evening. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always nice to do things and help out and on. It's great to see Franny as well. Yeah, absolutely. Steve's also been in the dugout as a coach with Leeds United and others. But as uh, as he mentioned, someone who couldn't be any further from a dugout right now, as I believe he's on holiday somewhere, uh, Southampton legend Francis Benali. Afternoon, Franny. Where are you? Hey, Niall. Hey, Steve. Great to join you guys. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on a little... Uh, trip with my wife at the moment in Turkey in Fethiye and uh, so yeah you've done me a favour by getting out of the heat and uh, a little bit of aircon in the room so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well I hope you enjoy the rest of your trip and appreciate you uh, jumping on the dugout for us today and the first thing I'm going to talk about on the podcast is the fact that Thomas Tuchel is the second manager to lose his job this season in the Premier League after Scott Parker was sacked by Bournemouth. It was the hot topic last week, Parker's departure, but Thomas Tuchel sacked by Chelsea. This shocked quite a few people, Steve, when the news was broken earlier this week. What have you made of the whole thing? To be honest, now, you mentioned it then, you know, he's won the Champions League, the Super Cup and the World Cup. He's getting beat by Zagreb. If, if you looked at them, it's such fine margins between these top, top teams now that, that the new owners come in. He spent, I mean, the money that he spent and the players that have come in, it seems strange that you back him up to this point with these, all these players coming in and then he gets a sack and it, it seems strange because like I say he's, he's he's to come in he's done really well he's won three three trophies is this the owner flexing his muscles thinking right I'll give you time now it's time to bring my man in because it just doesn't add up at the moment and, you know in his press conferences when he says like you know that's not his team the work ethic as a manager that's the last thing you want to be saying to the press because it looks like you know some of the players have down the tools and it must be so frustrating, like I say, for the Chelsea fans now to see all the money that they spent and then they lose the manager. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm still scratching my head at this one, Franny. And I was thinking about this because obviously they've gone through a lot, Chelsea, haven't they, off the pitch with whatever happened with the sanctions to Roman Abramovich and he's now out of the door and this new American owner, Todd Bowley, has come in. Um 
I was wondering whether you yeah. think that this might have happened under the previous regime. Do you think that Abramovich would have come to the same decision? Because I think we were led to believe that this was going to be a new era at Chelsea and things were going to be done differently. But it just seems like the same old situation. Manager gets a couple of adverse results and he's gone. Well, I agree with Steve. To many of us, it seems like it's a, a bizarre vision in many ways, given that, you know, they've spent £273 million, is it, in this last window? And, you know, that's clearly, uh, I would imagine, players that uh, Tuchel has identified as well as, uh, you know, others in the club. And there's a big overhaul going on in Chelsea, isn't there? And, uh, and Todd Bowley is clearly making those decisions at the moment. But who knows if it would have happened under Abramovich? I mean, we've, it's almost continuing that trend, really, of that ruthlessness that we've seen um, under Abramovich, when things aren't going right, then they'll make these big calls. And uh, it, it, but it just seems so strange that there's so many, like Abamian coming in at last the mo last moment. You, and you imagine that connection that they've had and relationship that he's only there because of Tuchel. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very weird one. This one, um, and they've lost only two games in the Premier League. I know that that result against Zagreb is not going to help. Thomas Tuchel either, but uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's a strange one. And, um, you know, I, I think there's reports now that, that, that Graham Potter is going to be the man who, who could be replacing him. So that's going to be a, a fascinating one as well, because he's a, a bright upcoming manager. And Steve would be able to give a, a, a better opinion from that side of the fence as well mm. about him. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about Potter in a second, but I'm glad you mentioned Aubameyang because he was effectively brought to Chelsea to, you know, fill that striking hole. And his relationship with Thomas Tuchel in the past was one of the reasons they brought him to the club. 59 minutes of football he played under Tuchel and now the manager's gone. It's just crazy. Wesley Fofana's only played two games and I was looking at the list of the signings they made and it is madness. But you're right, they shouldn't really have lost to Dinamo Zagreb in the Champions League midweek and... You know, you'll know as well as anyone, Steve, that you know the pr the press are always looking for an angle to to, to go at when you when you're answering questions after the game. And one of the questions that he was asked, Thomas Tuchel, after that defeat, was what's missing. And he said everything was missing with the performance. I suppose if you are the owner of Chelsea after you've spent three hundred million pounds, that's not the sort of thing you want to be hearing after the game from your manager. No, the disappointing thing if you look at the, it was sixty one percent possession and 14 goal attempts. So, you know, they're not a million miles away. But I think what you're looking at, if you spend neck end of 300 million on players and they ask him what's wrong, and he says everything, that's, that's, that doesn't sound too good, does it? If you're a fan or an owner and you're backing him, and if he said, because the first thing you want to know is so, well, everything, narrow it down. Narrow it down. Like, say, you, you can't just say everything's wrong there. You've got world-class players there. You've, you've spent millions and all that. And the frustrating thing is, you know, you've got uh, Abayong, you've got Averitch, you've got Sterling, Reese James there, you've got Chilwick. You've got good players there. And it's that fine margins that I say, you know, 61% possession and false 14 goal attempts. You know, it, it's, I think that, that's a frustrating thing. But I think as a manager, and look, these are world-class managers. Don't get me wrong, they've been there and done it. I think if you're looking in when you say everything's wrong, I think you want a little bit more than that. You've got to be trying to be a little bit more constructive than that. What sort of message do you think it sends out to, I mean, Graham Potter, I think is going to be the new Chelsea manager by the way things look at the time of recording. But what sort of message, Steve, do you think it sends out from a, a new owner who's gone pretty crazy in the market and spent all of this money, like a record amount of money being spent? If you're a manager like Graham Potter or someone like Pochettino or Zidane, who is also linked with the role, 
does that give you much confidence when you sign up to a job like Chelsea in thinking that you're going to get time to do your work? Or is it just kind of one of the things that you just have to take on the chin? You know, with Chelsea, that if things go wrong, the chances are you might be <laughs> looking for work again in, in 12 months. I think we know it's a result orientated sport. You know, Chelsea are a massive club. You know, Thomas has won three trophies. He's got them into finals. He's been backed unbelievable. And we said it before, how you can be back like this, spending millions. And then you almost think something's gone on behind the scenes, don't you? as if something's not right at the moment. Because if you look at them, the six in the league, 10 points, two wins, they could go top of the league. You know, if the results go for you. This is the strange thing that I just can't work out at the moment. But I think one thing about these managers, if they go in there, you can't turn Chelsea down from Brighton. He's done a fantastic job there if it all goes to plan. You've just got to make sure, and Franny will know this being a player and that, you just got to make sure you get a cast iron contract, and if the contract's right, you can't turn it down. And the only thing that might hurt you is your pride, because you know, your bank balance won't be upset. Because the managers, the you know, the money that they, they can ask for, and, they, and rightly so, you know, but that's what you've got to make sure that you're all right with that your contract is going to be cast iron. But I think with the, the the new owner, he'll probably back him and give him a little bit more time than Thomas has had. Yeah, Graham Potter's someone who's gained plenty of plaudits, Franny, and you can understand why, considering where Brighton have come from. And there's a massive structure in place there at the Amex Stadium, isn't there? Which, of course, is a new ground. And you know, only sort of 10, 15, 20 years ago, you only need to speak to Dean Hammond, who comes on this show regularly, to get his thoughts on, you know, he, he didn't even know what was going to be happening the next week at Brighton. And now they're a, a, a top 10 Premier League team. So you have to give credit to Graham Potter. Do you agree with Steve? And it's almost too good an opportunity for him to refuse at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great for him. I'm, I'm delighted for him in many ways. As a former teammate of mine, you know, he's a, he's a great guy. He's gone on and done so well in his managerial career. Uh, agree with Steve. Yeah, you know, you can't turn turn down this kind of opportunity, I don't think. But it is a completely different beast, clearly, uh, of the type of club like Brighton compared to Chelsea. Um, it's going to bring huge different challenges in many different ways, I think. Um, not just on the pitch, but off it, I would imagine. You know, he comes from a, a club with a, a bit of a culture and a philosophy and a structure that clearly there's, um, you know, very much a, a clear, defined path on where Brighton have been going as a club over the last few years. Is it... I think 15th, 16th and finishing ninth last year, aren't they fourth in the Premier League at the moment? So, you know, there's been a, a year on year sort of building towards something good on the South Coast that he's done. And the big question, as we know, with Chelsea is that will he get that going to Chelsea? In many ways, probably no. So coming back to the contractual side, as Steve said, it's got to, he's going to be going there. It's a huge opportunity. He'll relish it, I'm sure. But, you know, as we know, managers, if they are shown and kicked out the door at some point, um, then clearly it can be a, a financially rewarding one if, uh, if the contract is, is just a long contract, but then maybe potentially going in, in less than a year or a year's time. But uh, I, I hope he goes down and, and has a lot of success just because I know him personally or from the past as a player. The Dugout Premier League Preview Football Social Daily. The Dugout, Premier League Preview, Football Social Daily. 
Welcome back. Final part of today's show. My name's Niall. I've got Franny and Steve with me. And we're going to talk about Liverpool now because they were comfortably beaten by Napoli in Wednesday's Champions League group stage opener. They lost 4-1 in Naples and it probably could have been more as well. From your perspective, Steve, how concerning do you think that is for Liverpool in terms of any success that their fans might have had eyes on this season? Well, it's the consistency now at the moment. Everyone used to fear against Liverpool last year. You know, they, they had Salah, they had Mane, they had unbelievable strikers and the work rate, they just overrun people. And at the moment, you know, the draw with Everton, uh, they beat Newcastle 2-1, but that was literally last kick of the game. The Bournemouth 1-9-0 was, you know, I think that was Scotty Parker's final Arabi on the disappointing. They lost to Man United and Palace. But the, the, it's like yesterday, the 3-0 down at half-time. And then you think, well, you know, what's going on is, is there's something obviously not right there, whether Jürgen's got to change his system. Uh, if you look yesterday, uh, Napoli had 18 attempts on goal to Liverpool's 15. You know, Salah's signed a big lucrative contract. Mane's gone there. So are all these effect, affecting the squad? You know, because at the moment, they don't seem to have that consistent. And the, that fear factor seems to have gone. You know, yesterday 4-1 against Napoli, you, you'd, you'd have never seen that. You'd have never seen that coming. And, you know, the, the, the new Ness, a £67 million striker, they've got to get him off and running as well. Because, you know, you've got Salah, you've got Firmino, and you've got Luis Diaz. They've still got quality strikers. And, you know, Van Dijk and Gomez at the back. So there's something just not ticking at the moment. Whether it needs a, a little bit of luck, or it needs a little bit of tweaking by Jürgen, you know, he, he'll know exactly what's wrong with the, the staff and the people around him but at the moment it, it is worrying because as well as getting beat by Napoli in the league as well you can't afford to give people like City these these points away because you know City are not going to lose many games and these are all points lost by Liverpool at the moment. Yeah I mean you mentioned the style and whether Jurgen Klopp might be thinking about possibly tweaking it because is there an argument, Franny, for it being somewhat unsustainable? And I mean that in the long term. Liverpool have played this gegenpressing way, this heavy metal football, as people like to call it, under Jurgen Klopp for the last five or six years. And, you know, that must take a lot out of a player, the intensity required to play that style. And he was picking up on it in his post-match interview against Napoli was Jurgen Klopp saying that we didn't counter-press enough and... There are clips sort of doing the rounds on social media of the players maybe not looking like they're putting in as much effort as they have done previously. Do you think there's an argument just to say the players are a little bit tired and they're the same players that he's had for the last four or five years that have served him so well? Possibly, no. Yeah, that's 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 one thing. Clearly, that could be uh, uh, the issue. Um, Steve talking about the consistency. That's clear that you know it's um, it's it's not there at the moment. Um, and, and Jurgen Klopp and his staff will be scratching their heads, certainly, as to, to, to why it's not. Um, I, I think, as an opponent, I think when you see that, that, that chink in their armour a little bit, you know, it gives you that bit more belief and confidence going into games, going, well, this isn't the same team that they were last season or a couple of seasons ago. And, you know, almost gives you a bit more confidence to think, well, we can, we can get a result against the, this, this side the way they are at the moment. And that's probably not helping them. Um, I agree with Steve again. You know, just you can't afford at this stage really to be getting any more than the five points behind now City and Tottenham in the in the table, um, because if that opens up even more, that that that's almost like too much to play catch up before you know it. Given that it, mm. it is a long season, but you know the the sides that are going to be threatening 
for the title or, or challenging for the title have got to be hitting the ground running from day one. Um, but again, it's one of those weird seasons we've seen already, you know, with a lot of different sides, maybe other than Arsenal, Tottenham and City at the moment. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk around Mane and the impact he had on the team and his ability to press. And But, you know, one, one player for me isn't really sort of going to be the result in, in, in the difference that we've seen in this Liverpool side. I, I, I think it's maybe just um, teams, the top teams, and, and it, it just goes to show, I think, how difficult it is to sustain it year in, year out at those levels. Not, not the energy levels or performance, but staying on top and just winning games week in, week out, like we have seen City do in the past, is extremely tough and Liverpool just aren't on it for whatever reason at the moment even just a few percent off it mm. can result in sort of getting the results that they have done Franny Niall you know what when we mentioned like Franny mentioned that they're just a little bit off it there than Jurgen Klopp said they're not pressing and all that with all the technology and all the, the information they get now you know you look at Mill, look at Henderson you know if they train just as hard as they play eventually it's going to catch up with some players. You know, the bodies, you know, when people come in, you can see, them. oh, they're not fit enough and then they break down in training. But if you see Liverpool, it'd be interesting to see the stats last year, the running stats when they're playing team and the running stats of players. Just to say when people say, you know, they're not at it, they're just off it. They'll have, the, they'll have all the up-to-date equipment, you know, the, the, the GPSs and things like that. Say, look, this is the, your running stats last year. This was our team's running stats. It'd be interesting to see where they are compared to where they are last year. I know there's different players, different scenarios and different fitness levels, but that might be an interesting one for them to look at and think, you know, we're just a little bit off it at the moment, work rate and now we're pressed. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting for me is that post-match in Napoli, Jurgen Klopp said uh, we might need to reinvent ourselves and he's been so rigid, hasn't he, Steve, with that 4-3-3 and it's worked so well, that Liverpool style in the last few years, but maybe we are in a position now with Liverpool where, like you say, the players are slightly on the, on the, on the decline with no disrespect to them. And, and maybe they just can't quite operate in that way anymore. So as much as he's quite stubborn with his system, do you think that there is an element of Jurgen Klopp needing to try and find a solution in the, in the forthcoming matches by changing things around? Well, he mentions we'll have to reinvent themselves, but on the flip side of that, are the other teams now, doing different things against Liverpool. You know, they'll know where they hurt them. They'll know what system they don't like playing against. They'll know what systems they've had the, the worst results and the best results against. So there's all these where the, you know, the video analysis guys and the stats people will look at this. Because, like I say, people will look at Liverpool and they'll go there with a game plan. Like Franny said on, on Sunday about Tottenham and Man City, they will have a game plan. Who comes up with the best one that suits their world-class players? And it's like Liverpool now. People do their own work on Liverpool, even to try and stop their world-class players. And I think it's up for Jürgen now to, you know, if results are not going wrong, right, he'll have to tweak it, whether it's changing the system, changing personnel, because, like I say, you can't keep dropping these points at the moment. But they've got so much technology now, they'll be going looking into everything, wondering why at the moment. Human error, that's always going to happen with players and all that. But he'll be looking at it now thinking, we've got to tweak this because we're losing too many and we're not as consistent as we were last year. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder how a team can go from winning 9-0 against Bournemouth, Franny, to drawing a blank against an Everton side who they normally turn over and then losing quite convincingly to Napoli, who are a good team, let's not disrespect them, but 
it's quite a contrast, isn't it, to go from 9-0 one, one week, which in turn was a reaction to the Manchester United result. I'm just sure that there are some Liverpool fans who are thinking, how can we be so good and so ruthless there against Bournemouth? And then, uh, you know, a couple of games down the line, we're talking about have the team run out of steam. I, th- I think that's, as, as I said, Niall, it's, it's, it's just baffling a little bit, really. And, and, and that's probably what makes it that much harder for for Jurgen Klopp and, and anyone that follows the Liverpool or the club, um, you know, because they've got the talent, they've got the players, they've got the manager, um, they've got the resources, uh, but it's just finding those, you know, come back to it, the, the, the consistency, not, not just through a season, but year in, year out. Um, and that's what makes the best players, the best clubs uh, successful over, over a period of time. And, Yes, we've we've seen it. There's there's eras where clubs dominate certain periods of time and competitions, and you know we we certainly feel that that Liverpool are very much in that mix still. Um, but you know they can't afford to have that inconsistency that we've seen already so early in the season. Um, otherwise, that yeah, other teams will will capitalise on that, and and it's fascinating. You know, like. It seems like, you know, Steve mentioned about the, the, the stats and the data now. It seems like the game is so driven by, by numbers and, and things like that. And, um, you know, it seems like the, 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 uh, the other side of the game, when maybe the technology wasn't in it, seems a little less relative in many ways now. But it's those fine margins, isn't it? It might be, as you say, opposition, you know, teams and managers are working ways to... To, to combat that, that Liverpool formation and how they play. And you're right, maybe, maybe in his own words, Klopp's own words, reinventing themselves, even if it's not a major overhaul, just having another system or tweaking the lineups a little bit will help them. Yeah, I think for me, the question is, Steve, will Liverpool turn it around? And a couple of seasons ago, they were accused of having an off-season and it took a, a header from Alisson, their goalkeeper, to... To, to win against West Brom, which I think managed to get them the points they needed to finish in the top four. And they had a good flurry towards the end of the season. And they, they looked off it then and they kind of came back to what we'd expect last season. And this season, it seems to be almost similar to that campaign a couple of months ago, but you, a couple of years ago. But do you think they will turn it around? They, they seem to always have quality. So you'd imagine they will. Yeah, and they've been there and done it. You know, this is probably a true test for Jurgen Klopp probably that used to winning, especially at Anfield and, and away from home. They've been, they've been formidable, but the, the, the results that they've had, um, but if you look, you, you know, Firmino, Salah, Diaz, you know, throughout the team, Alexander Robertson, Gomez, Van Dijk, Alisson, they've got quality throughout. You know, Nunes when he comes up there. So it, it, it is a little bit of a blip, but, you know, we go on about Jurgen Klopp, but at the end of the day, it's the players that will pick the team. If you go out there and you do it week in, week out, you're a, you'll be a starter in that team. And it, and it's they're just having a little bit of a blip at the moment. But I'm sure, you know, sometimes these teams when they get beat and they, they've got beat thoroughly, you know, against Napoli, it'll show a true test. And you're going to be looking for whatever team he puts out. He'll be looking for your reaction. If you don't get a reaction, and then then he has got a bit of a problem then. Okay, well, Liverpool. Well, just some... Go on. Sorry, no. Go on, mate. No, no, I was just going to say something, thinking about it as well. I don't know about, you know, Steve's opinion on this, but there's just something, and I don't know if it is something that might be affecting the team a little bit, but knowing what a, a, an influence Virgil van Dijk is, since his injury, there's been a few games where I've just seen certain instances where I think 
has he really sort of fully fit and back up to speed, or has he struggled a little bit with, um, you know, coming back from that injury? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see the game in midweek against Napoli, but uh, yeah, that you know, for me, that could be one little thing that just could be a slight reason why they've struggled a little bit. You know, Fran, without sorry, night. You mentioned that, Fran. You know, when you talk about the eye tempo, you know, it's something that they bring into the game. So you know, they'll do it in training as well. Will his knee be able to take all the load that, you know, the expectations in the training that? And could you look at Milner, you look at Emerson, they're not getting any younger, these players, are they? You know, and that that's, that's that could be a worry that uh, you, you want to play for this high-tempo game. Van Dijk's probably the best defender in the world. And for you to notice that, Fran, because you've been there and done it as a defender, you're obviously seeing something that's not right with him at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, without going down a, a whole another tangent, which would take us to another 15 minutes of the show, I mean, I, I wonder whether, you know, because I've never had a serious injury and obviously I've never played football to a significant standard, so I, I can't really relate to this. But I, I have had friends who have had serious injuries, particularly knee injuries, um, and only when we've been playing five aside and just kind of seven aside and stuff like that. But a, a friend of mine has had a double ACL reconstruction. And he was much more cautious when he came back to play football with us because he remembered the pain and he remembered the rehabilitation. And he, and he was not fearful of doing it again, but it's almost you kind of have to sometimes coach yourself out of that mindset, don't you? Which is just naturally to protect yourself from being injured again. I don't know if you've got any experiences of that, Franny, from maybe when, when you were playing of kind of almost telling yourself that you're going to be all right and you have to get back into that zone. Yeah, thankfully not from the playing days now, but uh, in all honesty, I've experienced it you know, a little bit recently with uh, through lockdown a couple of years ago, I, I, I injured my back, which has meant, you know, I've you know not been able to train and do the things I want to do physically and exercise wise. And, and you're right, there is a, you know, I've, I've found it a little bit of a mental thing. You don't want to do something again that's going to set you back and um, have have any further issues. So, yeah, I'm, you know, there are players that have got to come over that, that not just physical, but the, the mental side of a serious injury. Um, and he's clearly been through that, but you know, I'm not for one second pointing the whole issues at, at Virgil Van Dijk because he's you know one of, if not the best defender in the world as we've seen before. But maybe just physically, it's it's just having that belief and confidence in in in, in his knee that he, he's had from the injury. Steve, Franny, appreciate your time. This has been The Dugout. Don't forget, if you hit subscribe to the podcast, that way you won't miss another episode of the show again. This is the only Premier League podcast feed where you will get new episodes on Premier League football every single day of the season. Nowhere else will do that, so make sure you hit subscribe and that way you won't miss it. But from us all here at The Dugout, that's it for another week. And we'll speak to you next time. The Dugout, Premier League preview, Football Social Daily.